Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Hey, we're so glad that you joined us again for another great Sunday morning together. I hope that while you're drinking your coffee that uh, you figured out that maybe you could go out onto the deck with your computer on a Sunday morning and sit there in the sunshine and maybe even let some of the sound of our service drift over your fence to your neighbors. I trust that you are in good health, that you are optimistic and hopeful for the future because really we understand something as followers of Jesus, that everything that is going on is in his control. I mean, he is holding all things together just in who he is. And we serve a great God, so we don't walk in fear, we don't walk in shame, and we don't need to walk in silence either. We can let our lives speak about what God is doing in this present day. We are beginning, endeavoring on, starting a new series today. And of course, we're always excited about our new series, but this one is called, I Will Survive, Thrive. I Will Thrive is the title of this series. And we're going to start today talking about a principle, and it's the principle of rest. The world, if you have noticed, if you've been awake at all, has slowed down significantly over the past few months. And... Now it looks like we might be able to start going back to, well, we might be able to start coming out of it. We might start moving back to, you know, being able to get haircuts without hairdressers standing behind ballistic uh, protection. We might be able to start going to the odd restaurant again in the near future. And we, of course, are looking forward to the day when we can gather gather together again as churches. There's been a great deal of damage done to our economy. There's been a great deal of damage done in family life, in in certain aspects, in certain types of family. There's a great deal of damage that's been done to people's mental health. And we are certainly going to be seeing the effects of that lasting, and we're going to understand fully in the coming months what the price was paid for this specific pandemic. But just because things are changing and just because things have been bad in some cases, I think that as we move forward into the freedoms again that we do have as people who live in Canada, people of this great province of Alberta, it does not mean that we should forsake some of the timeless things that we have actually discovered during the past few months. Uh, More than anything, in our observation, one of the major issues facing our society was and is and still will be in the future is the issue of rest, or what we would say here at Gen Church is the principle of rest. See, downtime has caused problems for households, but it's amazing if you listen in social media and you listen to what people are actually saying, the downtime has caused something wonderful to happen in many families. In many families that were chasing hockey and sports and business and all of the opportunities that are available to us, this downtime has created the opportunity for connection and reconnection. It's created the opportunity for people to work things out in their own family because we are now once again having time together over time, which is relationship. Now moving forward, I would love for you to realize that there is a powerful truth in the principle of rest. And that in order for us to thrive, we need to take with us the lessons that we could have learned in this time and continue to apply rest in our lives because the benefits are amazing. So the principle of rest is something that we want to hold on to. And the principle of rest is something that the Bible actually talks about um, a lot. And in the Bible, in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, it says this, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You or your son or daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, the sojourner who stays with you. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, we don't keep the commandments to be saved. I want to be clear on that because we will fail miserably at trying to keep even two of the, of the commandments that God gave us. But we are saved by grace through faith. And because of that grace, we actually have the ability to observe the law of God and let the principles that are in those things give us life. And I think that for the most part, most people in our society still today believe we should keep the Ten Commandments. Um, but we tend to skip the commandment about rest. And I want to talk about this one. And the first point would be this, is that it gives God the opportunity, when we rest, it gives God the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally. Now, yes, we can go and we can work and we can toil and, and we should work hard and we should try and we should put effort into everything with excellence in our heart. Everything we do, we should put work into. But this principle of rest allows a space in our life for God to do something supernatural. Exodus 16:22 to 30 says this. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath day unto the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left put aside and keep it until morning. So they put it aside until morning as Moses had ordered, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you will gather, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath there will be none. So what's happening in this part of the Bible is the people of Israel have left Egypt. They are now out in the wilderness. And I mean, there are, the estimates are high. There is a, a large number of people and animals traveling between Egypt and the land of Canaan. And there was a food shortage because of the mass of people. But what God did was provided this miraculous thing called manna. And it would appear on the ground and they would go and pick it up and that would be their food for the day. If a person was to gather more than they needed for the day, the Bible records that the next day when they went to take what they had gathered extra, there would be worms in it and it would be rotting. The principle there was God was saying, look, I will provide for your every single need every single day. You need to learn how to trust me. Remember, the greatest secret in life is understanding that God's first plan for us is that we learn to trust him. So many people ask us, I don't know, I want to know what God's plan is for my life. What is God's plan for my life? Well, I can tell you, as I've told you before, God's plan for your life is that you trust him. And that message is all through scripture. But so the people of Israel would gather, but then when it came to the Sabbath day, they were going, well, what happens if we gather enough for the Sabbath? It's going to turn wormy and rotten because that's what's been happening. But God gave them the assurance that I will provide supernaturally for you on the day of rest so that you can rest. I wish that we would understand that there is life in the principle because the principle still applies today. Let's look at Deuteronomy 5.15. This is what it says. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe 
the Sabbath day. You see, when Israel was in the land of Egypt, they were not there as guests of honor. They were there as slaves. They toiled, they worked, they were abused. They were, uh, there was a genocide committed at one point in their history while they were in captivity in Egypt. It was a bad scene, but God delivered them. And then God reminds them of this in the book of Deuteronomy. You're going to rest and take that day off because once upon a time, you were a slave. You see, it's only slaves who work seven days a week. God does more with your 90% than you could ever do with your 100%. God causes your 90 to go further when you trust him with the 10. And we have learned that principle in our church. There are many, many testimonies of people who have learned to trust God with their finances. But what about trusting God with our time? What about trusting God with this principle of rest? You see, God can do more with your six days than you can do with your seven days. I'll give you an example of that. And maybe you've heard this before, but Chick-fil-A by, uh, per capita is the most profitable fast food chain in North America. Um, they are a unique fast food chain in that they are the only one to give their employees Sunday off. And they do that because they want their, their staff, they want their employees to have a day of rest and to have a day with their families. Now, this is amazing because when you compare them to the mega giant of the fast food, injury, uh, fast food industry, which of course is McDonald's, you probably could have guessed that, it's interesting because while the average chain store in McDonald's will gross uh, $2.2 million a year working seven days a week with all of their might, with all of their promotion, with all of their advertising and presence, Chick-fil-A opens up at six days a week and makes $200,000 more than them a year. And it's an interesting principle if we look at the actual evidence that's out there. When we look at Chick-fil-A and the story that that is, God blesses it because they are choosing to honor a principle that God laid out in his word. So God can do more supernaturally for us when we honor a day of rest. The second thing is it gives us an opportunity to be rest and be refreshed. And I know you're thinking, well, that's obviously simple because it's called the principle of rest. This is what it says in Exodus 31 verses 12 through 17. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So the Sabbath rest has to do with sanctification as well. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does, not, whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For six days' work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. Now this is a big deal, and I know that sometimes we jump right to What's this about putting people to death? Well, stick with me and understand the principle. You see, when we fail to honor the commands of God in principle 
Or you might say in the center of our heart, in, in what our intent is, in what, in what we are trying to be, in how we are trying to serve him. When we fail to honor principles, death comes to us. And it's a big deal that we understand that principle here today. But did you catch this? That the Bible says that on that day of rest that God himself was refreshed. I bet you you've glossed over that verse a few times if you've read it. And it's never really landed with you. But God was refreshed. You see, and what's happened here is God breathed out for six days. He spoke everything into being. He said, let there be light, and there was light, and, and let there be dry land. He spoke everything into existence that was in existence. And then when it came to man, he breathed the ruah, the breath of life, into man. And then the Bible says God rested. For six days he breathed out, but on the seventh day, God was refreshed. If God has to rest, or if God chooses to rest by example for us, then I think we're fools not to do the same. The third thing, there are consequences when we don't rest. Obviously, I've shared a couple of those with you already. But in Numbers 15, 32 to 36, it says that now while the sons of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. And they put him in custody because it had not been declared what should be done with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, This man shall surely be put to death. All the congregations shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death with stones, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, I want you to understand this. We are talking about a principle that follows us into present day. Four things in the Old Testament got you the death penalty. Murder, not keeping the Sabbath, adultery, and rebellious children. So remember that, kids. It's a big deal. I got to ask, though, why is the Sabbath up there with the others? Why is it so important to God? And why is this lesson so important that it was worthy of such a severe penalty? By association, the day of rest is a very, very big deal. But again, if you can align yourself with the principle of what is happening here, are you not putting yourself to death when you fail to take rest? Now, there are numbers of scientific studies done on this fact. In fact, I remember in my college days reading a statistic that explained when you're under the age of 30 and you don't get eight hours of sleep a night, you are significantly dumber. Your IQ actually drops as you have less and less rest. And I know that explains a lot in our teenage years, especially for us men. Um, but we have to understand that we are dying when we don't rest. How many heart attacks could be avoided in the world today if people understood rest? Because you see, rest and stress are not aligned. They are opposites. Rest and stress don't work well together. In fact, when we learn to rest, we learn to manage stress. But as long as we wrestle stress, we will never learn how to rest. And these two things are constant wars in our life. You know, it says this in 2 Chronicles 36, 20, 21. Those who had escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon. And they were servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. 
to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths all the days of its desolation it kept Sabbath until 70 years were complete. What the Bible's talking about right here in this principle of rest is Israel had forgotten about a commandment God gave. And that was every seven years you let your land lie fallow. You let it rest. You don't plant grain. You don't work it. You just, you, you just let, the, let the grass come back. You let nature begin to heal the land. And Israel decided that they weren't going to do it that way. So they went 490 years without letting their farmland rest. Now, as a farmer, that's insane to me. You can't steal from the land and never put anything back and expect it to be fertile, expect it to live, to do anything. Because after all, soil is actually an ecosystem and a life form. But I don't know if you're good at the math, but let me just break it down for you. 490 years without the Sabbath every seven years, that works out to 70 years of Sabbath rest for the land. It is not an accident that Israel was sent to captivity in the land of Babylon for 70 years until the land had endured its Sabbath. And I know that it's not an accident because God's word very specifically makes this point to us. I wonder if you would think about it this way. What are you struggling with in your life? What kinds of captivity are you facing in your mental reality, in your emotional reality? And what is the chance that it actually has to do with the principle of rest? Remembering that God can do supernaturally more for us when we honor the tithe, when we honor giving, when we honor first fruits, and when we honor the Sabbath. You know, just for the record, when they went to Babylon, God said, hey kids, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have families. I want you to put down roots and plant vineyards. I want you to serve well. I want you to prosper. I want you to enjoy life. And so even what looks like a punishment from God sending Israel to Babylon was actually an opportunity for those generations to rebuild a culture in their families that made provision for resting once again as God had always commanded. Sometimes I look at our situation right now with COVID-19 and I wonder just a little bit, if God is not speaking to those who choose to follow him in the same way. We can either submit willfully to the voice of God, or we can submit by reality to the voice of God. Because his reality will win in the end. So again, if you can understand the principle here, there are consequences of not keeping the Ten Commandments. And we would be foolish to think that we can excuse the commandment that says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and not have some consequence find us. You see, the day of rest is a gift for us. When it comes to the day of, re of rest, we need to keep a couple of things in mind because our tendency is often, well, what should I do? What should I do on a day of rest? What should I do? This is the wrong question for us to be asking. If you want to thrive more than just survive, the question you need to be asking is not what do I do when I'm resting, but how about this? What is it that I don't do? Guys, maybe you need to put your phone away and not answer your emails from work. Maybe that's step one. Maybe you need to stop chasing the kids everywhere because the kids need rest too. Maybe you need to leave complicated relationships that are actually work for you off to the side and spend some restful time with people who give life to you. Maybe you need to just shut everything off 
and take a day and have some silence and some contemplation and some worship and some word of God in your life so that you can be refreshed. I'm telling you, this principle works and this principle is real and the issue of rest in our society is killing people. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you can bend your will to Jesus enough to say, I need you, I want to follow you, in this area of your life, with some work and some help from the Holy Spirit, you can make the change too. I think it would be an absolute tragedy if we came out of this time of being shut down and immediately run back to all of the things that used to keep us so busy. Wouldn't it be better if we could take something from this difficult time that allowed us to move forward in a way that can be blessed by God that can renew our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls, that can allow our children to grow up in a culture where we work hard six days a week. But man, do we ever know how to take a day of rest? It's not just about surviving. It's about thriving. It's about prospering, not financially only, but in our souls. It's about your children growing up and not being burnt out. The song that comes to mind is if we could turn back time to the good old days, your mom would sing us to sleep and we were stressed out and not be stressed out. You know, it's sad for us that that is the reality of our world today. We don't need to be so stressed out because thousands of years ago, the living God said, remember my Sabbath and keep it holy. It's a covenant about freedom for you. Jesus said, it's a day for you, man, was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Guys, we need to rest if we want to thrive. And I hope right now, as we've talked through this today, you'll let the Holy Spirit, in this moment, speak into your life. But why don't we take a minute and just ask him that question? Would you bow your head with me right where you are? And let's ask this question together today. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to take away from what I've heard today? And trust him to speak to you, because he will. And then, as it says in the book of James, don't just be a hearer of what he says, but be an effectual doer of what he says. Shut something off. Shut something down. Take the time to relax with your kids, with your spouse, with your family, with your close friends who speak life into you. All work and no play doesn't just make you a boring person. It ultimately will make you a dead person. Father, today as we close our message, I pray that you would speak to each one of us. That the freedom that we have in you would be manifested as we bend our will to what your word says, God. I know for many of us as we tackle this subject, we begin to race in our minds about the things we may or may not have to shut off. And Father, I pray that we would learn right now that the first step is to simply just stop digging the hole. To hear from you to trust you, and to go from there with you. Lord, I pray for every family connected to our church, for those tuning in from all over our digital campuses these days. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that your hand of healing would be upon them, that their households would be strong and healthy. God, that you would protect uh, the finances of people, that you would rebuke the devourer for those of us who are trusting you in the tithe. God, we trust you with all things, and we know you are sustaining all things by the power of your word, so we will not fear. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. 
If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.